Ta -da, ta -da, ta -da. Hello, it's the 4th of July, it's 9.03 and this is the big kickoff. Yes, happy 4th of July, folks. It is the 4th of July. <laughs> I'd say it twice. It is 9.03. Hello, it's from me, Dave, and from you, Roy. Hello, sir. Hello, it's the 4th of July. Is it the 4th <laughs> yes, of July? Totally. I wouldn't know. I've been told twice. Team America. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I haven't watched Team America. I Did you know that bit, though? I have it recorded yeah. on the television Team for the last, America. or in the box for the last three yeah. years. So anyway, how are you, sir? Is it worth looking at? Ah, it's good. Okay. Kadurka, durka. Mahamaji head and all that. Oh. Yeah. It's not bad. Jesus warming here tonight, isn't it? Yeah, and we could do it with the window open, but we can't because it's uh, unprofessional because we have the cars going by, the road behind us, so um, yeah, we'll sweat it out for you. That's it. So anyway, we've got plenty coming up later on, but coming up after our first song, we have Neil Donlan from the Greyhound Action Ireland to obviously um, everything's obviously a lot of people have been talking about it over the last week or so after the shocking revelations. Uh, I know a lot of people might say it's been around for a long time, but to the, to, to the public domain and to everyone out there to the masses uh, after last Wednesday's documentary some of the shocking statistics unfortunately that we're going to be bringing that up at Nula after the first song and then uh, plenty going on the transfer market has finally kind of kicked up a notch this week and so there's, there's been plenty a few to and fro at the moment yeah and a lot of big by big ones uh, happening so that's going to be hopefully the start of things moving around and uh, plenty more going on anyway after that yeah, Wimbledon the, everything the, else the song is yours now today so you yeah you watched the Glastonbury at the weekend had a great time obviously the weather was was decent but uh, I couldn't help but sit in and watch a bit of it and pretend I was out there and uh, some great gigs I'm going to be honest Kylie on Sunday afternoon was super fair play to her she gave it socks <sighs> yeah okay right I, I won't, I won't it was Sunday afternoon it. sun is shining it's a bit of crack and in fairness to her Fair play to I enjoyed The Killers. Saturday oh, night, yeah, was it? Saturday the Killers. Brilliant. They had the Pet Shop Boys on. The problem with The Killers, right? Johnny it was Mar. the same time as uh, it was the same time as Chemical Brothers. I kept flicking between. Oh, they were good. And they were bloody good. They were and good. there was one of the better songs. When no, the, the Killers had plenty of them, but it was one of the really good ones. The one the lads put them in. Sorry, lads, I switched. Hey boy, hey girl is on. And they were like, oh Christ, what am I going to do? And then one of them was a minute behind because I went, holy sh it's the Pet Shop Boys and they're like what are you on about just wait wait a minute you'll see it and then I went oh my god uh, musical orgasm it dismiss Johnny Barkin it has to be on the book super. of this doesn't it ah, super. One of yeah, them. apparently it's a nightmare you're talking millions are after it yeah. for what 210,000 tickets but you can get there once it, I'm, I'm probably the next time it's on because sometimes they take a year out I think you have to put your name on a list Yeah. oh yeah without a doubt and it's a lottery so I think yeah. I'm going to start and hopefully sometime yeah. I'll, I'll get my hands up because I tell you it looks a cracking one and all shapes and sizes all ages kids on people kid, uh, parents shoulders and people in there with grey hairs and in, in more, than, more than just the top of your head it looks a super place so but anyway, for the longest intro to a song ever exactly. it is and it's completely off topic Liam Gallagher was on uh, just before The Killers but so was the other Liam from The Cartinas on Beeps Fire they're a good band from them Manchester a lot of you Mank fans love their Not 19 Forever song because it came out around the time they won the 19 title and overtook Liverpool but this is their song Cavorting.
and welcome back to the big kickoff on Liffey Sound 96.4 FM. Last week, RTE's Primetime Investigates aired a one-hour programme which opened up many people's eyes to the reality of the greyhound racing industry. With many worrying and sickening scenes, questions have been asked of the Irish Greyhound Board and the future of greyhound racing. Joining us live on the line is Nuala Donlan from the Greyhound Action Ireland. Nuala, welcome to the big kickoff. Thanks, Roy. No problem. Listen, Nuala, first of all, who are Greyhound Action Ireland? Well, Greyhound Action Ireland are um, an organisation um, of people. We've been under various other names campaigning over the years for different um, animal abuse issues, um, including greyhound racing. And so in the last short while, we have actually decided to focus entirely on greyhound racing um, and so we lobby politicians, we organise direct action demonstrations and so on. Um, and I suppose through social media we've been trying to highlight the, what's going on in greyhound racing for a couple of years now, but the Primetime Investigates programme helps and, really get, and get a bit of a boost. We've been trying to do for many years in one hour, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Who runs the greyhound industry in Ireland? Um, the Irish Greyhound Board, it's um, a state-funded, semi-state body that was set up um, to run greyhound racing. Um, it's funded largely by the taxpayer. Um, since 2001, it's received a quarter of a billion euro. Um, it, uh, it's closely connected to the, um, the whole area of hair coursing and... Um, in fact, if you want to run a greyhound in this country, you may have absolutely no interest in hair coursing, but you actually have to join the coursing club as well. Right. So you can see how intrinsically linked they are, and mm. uh, hair coursing continues to exist because greyhound racing continues to exist, and greyhound racing exists because every taxpayer in Ireland funds it. And I think very many taxpayers who saw the programme the other night will wonder why on earth their money is being used to fund this activity. Yeah. I watched the programme the other night, I, I watched it again, but more or less for research, but th for those who didn't see it, can you go through a few points, because um, there was some... Yeah, well, it, it highlighted the, the, the huge kill rate of perfectly healthy dogs, and, and we've known this for a very long time, I mean, it's the model on which the industry is based, they breed to, to surplus to a very huge degree, um, about 20,000 pups are born every year, so you can do the maths on that. I mean, a very, actually, the 6,000 was the figure mentioned in prime time. We reckon that's a conservative estimate um, because it's not taking into account the number of pups who are actually never registered in the first place because Christ. they show no promise to run at all. So it could be as high as 10,000 perfectly healthy dogs are killed every year. Now, it did show um, how they're disposed of... Uh, taken to knackeries, shot in the head. Uh, rescues around this country for years have been picking up the bodies of greyhounds in ditches, buried in fields and bogs with their ears take, cut off because a number of years ago a system of tattooing came in where the dogs had to have their numbers tattooed on their ears and of course owners didn't want to be identified so they would cut off the ears. Ears burned off with acid. <clears throat> um, but just to say, Roy, that even if every single greyhound was brought to a vet and humanely put down, it's still not okay to kill up to 10,000 healthy dogs a year just mm. because they can't run fast enough anymore. I mean, the, the industry have been furiously in the past week saying, oh, it's a small, tiny minority of rogue operators who are bringing them to knackeries and blah, blah, blah. 10,000 dogs are being killed every year by the greyhound racing industry, and that's not acceptable, even if they're killed humanely. 
But the programme also showed, you know, the huge problem with doping in the industry. It showed, again, what we have been saying for years, that Irish dogs are ending up in the meat markets in China. Being exported, um, the, the Canadrome in Macau has closed down now, but they were exported there. The, the Irish Greyhound Board were in talks, actually, to try and get a greyhound racing industry set up in China as <coughs> a market for dogs that they could export and make money on as well, which... You know, I mean, just anybody who knows anything about the situation for animals in China would, would you know, feel quite sickened when they would hear that. And the one, on. the one image that people can't seem to get out of their mind is the the greyhound being put into boiling water over in China, yeah. which <clears throat> that's, that's, sometimes that's, something <clears throat> like that sort of sparks off. Um, I suppose I know it's a horrible thing to have to spark off conversations and an awareness but it's something like that that kind of wakes people up Um, that would be a Chinese method of of killing dogs and Mm. having the meat if you know what I mean it's it's meant to tenderise the meat so I'll just Um, go I'll just go through a a list of things so killings because they're too slow Uh, life ending injuries so if there's if they if if they even get hurt going around the bend and Mm. And of course, that leads to being too slow or, or what have you. They're put and down. Roy, I don't know if you're aware that there was an actual um, the Sunday Business posted an article on Sunday which says that the Irish Greyhound Board has been well aware of injured dogs actually being continued to be raced to make up numbers at Greyhound tracks. So you have the ironic situation that they're killing, you know, thousands of dogs every year, and then they're actually allowing injured dogs to be raced to make up numbers for racing. Yeah. Yeah. Again, as you said, uh, greyhounds' ears being chopped off. Of course, greyhounds are linked with hair coursing, and that's mm. that's been uh, obviously proven, as, as you said. Uh, yeah. Illegal doping. This has been going on for 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 years now, hasn't Long it? Long time, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it was the Sun who who broke that about <laughs> ten years ago in that's right. in the paper. So, yeah. wh- what's happened in the last ten years? Or why have why are the government funding? 16.8 million last year and a quarter of a billion since 2001, I think. It's a very good question. And um, uh, my theory on it is it's the old boys network because a lot of TDs over the years would have owned Greyhounds. The current Minister for Agriculture actually was part of the syndicate of Finnegale TDs that owned a Greyhound um, there a few years ago. The Swiss Starlet was the name of the Greyhound who has who has disappeared. And actually, despite great efforts by a number of campaigning groups to find out what happened to Swiss Starlet, nobody can seem to provide any answers, which would be very interesting, mm. seeing that this is the man who's, who's doling out the cash. I mean, you've had prominent political families like the Springs in Kerry, the Brutons, the Corn Minister, the former Taoiseach, deep in coursing, you know. Um, mm. So they're, they're very well connected to the Greyhound fraternity and they're connected to the political establishment. Um, and actually, Greyhound racing and, and horse racing are the only two activities in this country that are ring-fenced for funding. So they have to get that funding. Um, legislation was put in guaranteeing that funding, which is a very, very strange situation. When you consider that the day after the primetime programme, people were bringing... They were bringing food into their relatives in the hospital because the government said they couldn't find the money to, to pay support staff in hospitals. Yeah. Um, you know, people are on waiting this for two and three years to see consultants. Um, and this is what our money is being given and to. And, and, you know, there's been furious amount of work done in the last week to try and, and minimise what was in this programme and saying it's only a minority and, it's a, you know, we can clean up the industry and... Um, but they can't. You can't clean up greyhound racing. And, and the previous um, 
chief executive of, of the Irish Greyhound Board, Pascal Taggart, is on the record as saying that um, overbreeding is an inevitable part of greyhound racing. And actually, in fairness to him, he was honest enough to say it was one he didn't have a problem with, the killing of large numbers of healthy dogs. He said that's just a fact of life. And remember as well, Roy, that... <laughs> We must be the only country in the world where a greyhound is not actually considered to be a dog in the legislation. It's considered to be a farm animal. I'm saying, yeah, I'm yeah. saying that. And you also, know, the, the greyhound's life expectancy is supposed to be 14 years, and it's yeah. in reality, it's maybe three to four years three, if they're lucky. Three to four, for, for, if they're lucky, yeah, if they, if, they, if they don't slow up before that or if they're not actually killed on the track. Um, so, uh, I mean, where do you start? Where do you start? It would be bad enough if this were a privately, privately funded activity. I think the evidence would be pretty clear that it should be banned immediately. But where do you start when the government is actually propping up this industry? And where uh, you can be pretty certain in the next budget in October, they're going to get another hefty slice of taxpayers' money. Yeah. Is it so th- I, it's really, it's incumbent, I think, on Irish people now. Okay, I mean, everyone was sickened and shocked, um, but... We can't just let that drop now after a week or two and go back to business yeah. as usual. We have to keep the pressure on, you know, and just I would appeal to everybody listening to this to contact their, their local TDs, contact Shane Ross. You know, the independence in government may have some sway. I think Fine Gael are, are way too beholden to the Greyhound Racing Fraternity to do anything, but the independence might just be able to, you know, wield some influence because they do hold the balance of power in government. Yeah. And it does kind of smack of the st- very stereotypical, we all know what goes on, but we, as long as the general public don't know, we'll keep this going. But hopefully exactly. this is what's, hopefully this is the start of the turnaround, well, not turnaround, but obviously... I think, it's the be- yeah, I think it's the beginning of the end, because yeah. we have been organising demonstrations. Many of the night I stood outside Shelburne Park in Dublin, and we've had small crowds, but we've had been, been demonstrating for the past week in Mullingar and Longford, um, in Longford the other night, we had almost 90 people. Uh, in fact, we had more people outside than went into the Greyhound track. And the momentum is, is, is building now. And if I might, Roy, actually mention that on Saturday night week, we're going to have a candlelit vigil outside Shelburne Park in Dublin. To remember the thousands and thousands of poor, beautiful, gentle Greyhounds who've been killed over the years. And we're asking people to bring, to bring a candle and a dog collar, basically, so that we can just visually... Um, represent the lives of, of the animals that have been slaughtered because they can't run fast enough. Yeah, so before, obviously, the documentary, what would have been, from the Greyhound fraternity, would have been the reception to you guys? Well, a great degree of hostility. I suppose, you know, a lot of what goes into, a lot of people who go into Greyhound racing would be stag parties, hen parties, hmm. work nights out. And yeah. I mean, we had that the other night in Mullingar. We actually had a busload of people who came to Mullingar on, on Saturday night and they turned the bus around and left again. And we just went up and reminded them of what it was on on the primetime programme. And I got talking to a group of uh, young lads who were going in on a stag party to Mullingar as well. And, you know, they said, look, we couldn't care less about dogs or betting. We have absolutely no interest in dogs whatsoever in greyhound racing. We're just going in for a meal and a drink. Yeah. And they were paying money to get in the gate, to go in to have a meal and a drink. And, you know, as I said to them, there's about 30 bars up the town where you don't actually have to pay to go in, and you can go in and have a meal and a drink. And why give your money towards this kind of cruelty? You know, so I would, again, appeal to people. People often, I mean, before last Wednesday night, people might be forgiven for not knowing what was going on in Greyhound yeah. Racing. But there's no excuse now if you organise a night out with the dogs. You must know now that your money is going to support this. 
And okay, if you have no problem with this sort of cruelty, then okay, fine. But I think a lot of people do, and I, I would hope that when people are organising nights out and you know, people will probably in the next four or five months be thinking towards Christmas and their night out. Yeah. Please do not go greyhound racing because literally, as our banners say, you know, you bet they die. It's yeah. As simple um, as that. I suppose it's a bit like, <clears throat> it's a bit like the money trail now, especially with Barry's Tea are coming out and they've withdrawn their sponsorship mm. from a big race in Cork. So I suppose and a big money men. insurance as well, Roy, which I think is significant because that's the farmer's insurance company. Right. They've pulled out. And <clears throat> they have pulled out. And I think it shows uh, a growing uh, unease amongst uh, a section of the public that would have traditionally been greyhound racing supporters. Sure. And I think they would not want to be associated with it either. So, um, you know, I mean, thing changes are definitely afoot, but we really have to get the state funding removed. That's, mm. that's the key. Is there, is there no future for Greyhound racing in, in any capacity whatsoever? Or is, is that what you're calling for, an end to Greyhound racing yeah, altogether? Yeah, I mean, that has been pretty much accepted in several states in the United States where it used to be very popular, a um, number of states in Australia, that in order to produce the number of dogs who run fast enough to maintain an industry, the number of dogs who have to be killed to keep that going, it's just, it's just not acceptable. It's just, you know, I mean, in my book, one dog being killed because it can't run fast enough yeah. is one dog too many for yeah. our entertainment. We don't need to kill beautiful, gentle dogs to entertain ourselves, for Christ's sake. We have enough. It's 2019. We can entertain ourselves other ways. But basically, the numbers that are would have to be slaughtered because they can't run fast enough just to produce the numbers who can run fast enough is um, it's just not acceptable. It's not. It's not sustainable. I mean... It might be, it might work if people didn't know what was going on, which is to a large extent what was going on in this country for a long time. Yeah, I the genie's out of the bottle now, you know. And yeah, you can't absolutely. Put it back in. Yeah, I, I have to say myself, I don't remember this the sun revelation, and I'm probably a bit naive to what was going on in greyhound racing, bar the the odd thing of. I think there was oh, some you tampering bubbles, with dogs, yeah. you know, maybe you know, small little tricks. Kind of tricks to get them, get them out of the traps yeah, and stuff like that. To, yeah. to the extent that it was, I'd say I was very naive to, yeah. to what was yeah. going on. So maybe a lot of the general public, this could be the best thing that's happened to Greyhound Racing. Well, I think if you, if you, you probably remember um, Tony Walsh. He's chairman of the, the Greyhound Breeders and Racers Association of Ireland. He was interviewed on Primetime, and he said Ra- Greyhound Racing is gone. It's gone because it's been destroyed by doping. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a, that's, you can't get a more central figure in Greyhound Racing than that. Yeah. And um, probably as in every sport, there were a certain number of people involved who didn't dope the, the, the dogs. And we're watching these guys doping dogs and winning races and... and one guy was done there two years ago for cocaine, cocaine derivatives used on the dog. And, of course, that was to make them run through the pain barriers, you know, and, and um, <clears throat> they were sustaining terrible injuries. And, and the, the vet, Finbar Breslin, on, on um, Primetime as well, was talking about the state that he was getting dogs and seeing dogs in who were, who were being drugged and, and, and running when their bodies weren't fit to be running, you know, um, just before we wrap up, Neola, would there be much of an influence of the bedding industry in relation to keeping this alive? Yes, and I, I think it's significant that in the last couple of months, the greyhound industry has been given the go-ahead for 7 and 8 a.m. in the morning race. 
Now, that's not because people will go at 7 and 8. They're not going online. at 7 and 8 in the evening anymore. It's for online betting. Mm. So betting is pay, plays a huge role in this. And in fact, we are also calling on, um, on the betting companies. Mm. Um, you know, Paddy Power, big betting company, makes huge money on Greyhound Racing. Yeah. Um, and I think, I, I, I do think that probably with pressure from the general public, I mean, there's an awful lot of things you can bet on that do not involve abuse of animals. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. I, I, there's lots of other things that they can make their money on. Um, and yeah, definitely, I think the betting one is the big one. Um, and so, you know, again, I ask people to, it was purely public pressure um, that got Barry's tea to pull the sponsorship and SBD. Um, I mean, I think people, ordinary people, have more power than they realise. Absolutely. You know, and um, if if companies, one would like to think they did the right thing on moral grounds, but I'm sure it was a purely commercial decision that, you know, they pulled the sponsorship from Greyhound Racing. So, you know, it's not enough, as I said before, for people to be sickened and, and shocked yeah. by what they saw. They have to act on it. Yeah, because I think the last the last people who will, will will pull out a sponsorship are probably going to be the the Paddy Powers, the Buzz Sports, yeah. or any of those bookies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Absolutely. So it really is down to the people to put the pressure it is on down them. To people. Yeah. yeah, it is down to people. So go. And I'm sure there's lots of people go in betting and on on football matches and stuff who would be absolutely disgusted at what yeah. they saw on the program. Yeah, yeah. So but just again, just again, people, just before we go, can you can you uh, tell us again? some of the things that are coming up that might be able to help people might be able to help with well there's actually demonstrations going on all over the country and I know there's a demonstration in Limerick um, in Limerick track at the weekend on Saturday uh, actually there is a demonstration in Newbridge this Friday evening organised by the Bowles Mrs Doyle from Father Ted Pauline Lynn who's been a, a strong a campaigner I've seen that campaign. Yeah. absolutely in fact, I think her, she, she posted a picture on her Facebook page standing beside a, a shelf of Barry's tea in her local supermarket with her thumbs <laughs> down. That. I think that alone probably, <laughs> that alone probably got the, the, the sponsorship of Barry's tea gone. Um, <clears throat> then, as I say, Saturday week, um, there's going to be the, the, this, this sort of candlelit vigil, uh, vigil outside Shelburne Park. We'll be meeting there at six o'clock. Okay. Is there, um, a fa- is there a Facebook page or a website or anything that yeah, anyone can go I mean, on to? you can go on to the Greyhound Action Ireland or Irish Council Against Blood Sports um, will have be posting details on that. Um, we're, we're working on the organisation of that at the minute Brilliant. and we will be posting details in the next couple of days about it. But also, you don't need actually, I mean, great, I really want people to come out and stand outside with us and, and, and you know, stand up for Greyhounds. But just sitting at your computer emailing your local representatives, your local yeah. TDs, and just letting them know that you do not want your money paid yeah. for that kind of cruelty can have an enormous effect when enough people do it. Yeah, well, that's it, folks. Get yourselves up off your arse and help out because it's totally unacceptable. And I, for one, was, as I said, sickened by what I seen, what I, what I heard and, and what I was sort of awoken to. So... Nuala, we'll help out in any way possible and again we'll stick up something on the website to Brilliant. to help out. Okay, Nuala, listen, thanks, for thanks very much. Thanks very much. It's been a pleasure. Bye-bye. 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 Yeah, pleasure. Nuala Donlan from the Greyhound Action Ireland and, I mean, it's, it's self-explanatory. I mean, if, if Greyhound racing was fair to the Greyhound, everyone, and they were loved, 
probably yeah. I'm sure people want horse racing there's people out there who want horse racing but horses are treated like yeah. like gods and obviously it's the opposite for great, poor old greyhounds so yeah it's definitely something that needs to be pushed on and pushed on strongly yeah. 100% anyway we're going to come back with some more news coming up after this take care you're listening to Liffey Sound on 96.4 FM 96.4 FM how do 4th of July it's playing here but you know what I can't hear it can you hear it no no anyway uh, do you know what it's one of these long winded bloody intros on the video there we go brave men and women serving our nation in the Persian Gulf and throughout happy 4th of July Americans how do what day is it <laughs> it's the 4th of July do you not know that <laughs> Whitney Lord Restar is about to <laughs> lash it out Jesus when you think about it right uh, that's why I, I was trying to find the Fergie one because she absolutely massacres it at the NBA or something I think it was uh, but uh, she of course this is when um this is when uh, Whitney's in her pump, so of course she smashes it out of the park. But yeah, 4th of July, obviously plenty going on in the summer with baseball. They went bananas last week in the London Stadium. Here we go. Oh, say can't you see? Anyway, there you go. Whitney, work away. But yeah, Wembley, uh, Wembley, London's Olympic Stadium, uh, was that, apparently it was about 40 yards too short. Uh-huh. So they had an absolute home run fest. I think the first one was like... 15, 13, and then it was a slightly less, but uh, by all accounts, they loved the atmosphere, 60,000 people going bananas for pretty much most of the game. I've seen bits and pieces of it, not the whole thing, because the first game is five hours long, yeah. but by all accounts, everyone loved it, and they, they can't wait to come back next year. It's actually our good old friend Nick Price's Chicago Cubs are coming over to play, I'm going to have to pretend. No I doubt Nick would be at that, so I wouldn't be surprised. Tickets. You sing away there. Of course, the Americans beat England on exactly yeah, Tuesday night Tuesday night, Tuesday night. last Tuesday night was night. Holland so basically it is the US against Holland um, didn't see much of last night's game but I watched obviously uh, US and uh, you know VAR I think got it right she did get a clip on her foot that missed the ball for the penalty so I was yeah. kind of glad I was like geez that's a good call actually because I didn't see it and she was offside yeah because I genuinely thought it was a bit so. of a dive and then it was only when they seen the other I was like oh geez yeah she did get it not fair deals but I'm going to be honest criticism or criticism is if it was a man's team I'd say the same thing why isn't that striker taking a penalty she's top goal scorer in the cup why isn't she taking it they didn't they missed two penalties the winger and Nikita Paris did but Ellen White is the top goal scorer and Alex Scott afterwards but maybe she's not putting herself up for it but that's what Alex Scott said uh, afterwards she says oh she never is one to kind of step up forward or for a penalty and I'm like but you're the striker Uh, but here's the difference Hope Solo said yeah Mia Hamm was the exact same she was the highest goal scorer for America at the time and uh, she it came up with that I don't fancy it and the coach basically said you're a striker you're doing it yeah. and that was it and of course she buried hers yeah. yeah way to go there Whitney woo team America anyway that's the end of her but yeah that's the difference in mentality she's went yeah you're doing it and that's the but end but you of don't it. want to put someone up to take a penalty if they're not in the right frame of mind do you you don't want to force someone yeah up. but it, it, this is just one of my little bugbears if you're a striker you should want to take a penalty it's a free shot well, if you only. don't want to it, does, it doesn't matter if you should if, you don't, if, you're, if you're not 100% about it if you get nervous about it I will not your instinct might kick in when you're in around the box but that's because you probably don't have time to think about it but for a penalty that is true that is for a true. penalty you have a little bit of time and if you get nervous about it well the, the likelihood is that you're going to miss it mm. more, uh, like, more of a chance I mean uh, I've kind of argued with that myself over the last few days and I do and I do kind of see that and they are more instinctive and I get all that but at the same time it, it just bugs me it bugs me that a striker hasn't got a bottle to have a free shot at goal mm. and I'm not saying she bottled her and like yeah she I, I, I get it but I'd say the same no matter who you were 
You know, your Gary Lineker's always took me, your Harry Kane's always take some. Most of your forwards, will, most forwards take them, but I, I'm always a bit weirded out by forwards who don't so fancy you're, penalties. you're Phil Neville, you're at the World Cup semi-final and you really want your centre-forward to take it. He could have. He could have. Would you risk it? Would you say, no, listen. I know most managers say who fancies it. Yeah. Because obviously it's a nerve-wracking moment. If you have the confidence off your pop, I get all that. I 100% get all that. But you're training for three or four days beforehand. Oh, that's where I'd be having a go there going start practicing penalties you're our striker I want you you're our number one you're our top goal scorer yeah. I, I want you I, like, I, I believe in you give her, the, give her the faith now don't get me wrong it is what it is but it's just one of them little things that grinds my gears yeah. if you know what I mean especially when Steph Hotton comes up no denying I know what she's like She's like I've, I've known her for a couple of years and you always hear the stories with some of the interviews and the coverage on TV she's the heart of a lion all this kind of crack so I had no fear in her stepping up to it but once she missed it it was like oh, I felt sorry for her because she had a bottle for it but at the same time there's two or three other forwards that are sitting there who are quite happy to let her do it you know and that, that's, that bothers me fine margins though and 100% it, it, that easily could have turned England's way oh, and yeah they had a brilliant World Cup, didn't they? And, and in fairness, I know it's the final. There's one game left. Well, two if you count Horton Forest. Yeah. But the World Cup has been a huge success. Massive success. Uh, over two hundred thousand was the average figure in Ireland for yeah. the match on Tuesday. So I know we said something like ten point odd for the Scotland game. So I presume it was at least that and more mm. for the game on Tuesday night. So fantastic figures, and. On Tuesday, I was in the office and one of the lads rang me, he was out on the road and he says, you're going to watch the match tonight. I didn't even miss a beat. I knew exactly what he was talking about. He was talking about USA and, and England. Yeah. And that's where it's got. That's where it's got over the last few weeks. We were watching the match last night. Everyone knows who you're talking You're not talking about the Cup of America, the African Cup of Nations. They're talking about the Women's World Cup. So it, it, it's been brilliant and hopefully more of the same in four years' time and, and, and Europeans and even for the Irish team. When, uh, they're gonna, obviously, things are going to be a changing now with Colin Bell stepping down, which was interesting. A few little interesting things. Apparently, it's not going the way he wants it to go. Then there's talk of money and the full story or the real story. I don't know what it is. I, th- I think it's been kind of confirmed that it is got to do with the financial status. Of, right. And Colin Bell felt that that wasn't going to be met and then decided to move on. Yeah. So and he's gone to Huddersfield to be on the coaching staff yeah. with the so men's team. It's already kicking off now with the FAI because... So it's the senior team will still get everything and not be, this is not a joke but the girls will be back in the jacks swapping like, with, like in God knows where out on the side of the road getting changed again and all yeah. this kind of is that where it's going like so uh, deeper you know, problems though in the FAI isn't there exactly because um, there, was, there was one or two little mixed signals coming out but that as you said that looks like it's the general consensus that it's money yeah. more than likely yeah. which is sad so we'll see how it goes but so far so good a, a great World Cup and no doubt it'll finish well at the weekend you mentioned the Copa America and Ooh. Argentina falter again cracking story I heard today how true it is I don't know they were beaten 2-0 by Brazil obviously and Messi had a go about VAR how it didn't go to VAR on a few occasions some of them are blatant allegedly the Brazilian president's security staff's communications allegedly and now I'll say allegedly blocked the, the radio between the VAR and the ref now the VAR aren't saying they were trying to get in touch but that's what's coming out now. And I was like, this is brilliant. Whether it's true or not, I don't care. Conspiracies. It, I love it. So allegedly, yeah, the security staff for the, for the top uh, officials was playing havoc with the, with the, with the radios between them. <laughs> Cause, uh, so Messi goes again and pretty much that could be it now. He might, he might exact, survive another World Cup. He said he's not retiring. He wants the next World Cup. So, yeah. and hope 
probably that in two years' time that they get a team together that they can actually yeah. do. Messi will be around in two years. Yeah, of course uh, he will. Will he be at the peak of his powers? Probably no. not. Will he still be one of the best players in the world? Probably yes. But here's an interesting one. Do you know what we, like, I said that you can't have one without the other and I'll, I'll never pick one ahead of the other. But here's one that I might kind of say, Ronaldo. Like, Ronaldo definitely knows how to evolve his game. Mm. And the older he's got, he's evolved even better. And he's still able to score the same amount of goals almost but not necessarily do the full 90 minutes. Is it getting to that point now where Messi needs to start being clever and managing the game a bit better? Maybe. There may be some aspects to that, but he's still scoring a lot of goals at true, the moment. True, true. But there may be, and especially maybe over with the Argentina. couple of years, maybe with Argentina, but maybe he needs a different role with Argentina. Mm, yeah. Maybe the manager needs to look at a different maybe, role. Maybe he could be the creator instead of trying to be the main man. Trying, everything has to go through him. Kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. There's, there's a, there's, they need to look at something because... The games are going on too much in the middle of the night for me to notice this one. I'll be honest, yeah, I've Cobra barely Ma- seen... Copa America is tough. Yeah, it? it's literally YouTube goals the next day because, yeah, uh, yeah I'll try, obviously, I'll watch it at the weekend, but it's going to be Brazil and Peru. It's their Shock. first final since... Win Seventy-five. Yeah, and Beat the, the the goals were quite good goals. Yeah. Um, and then at was it two? No, three nil down. Chile got a penalty. Yep. And what did they try, what did he try and do? Try to dink it down the middle. Tell me the keeper caught it. Ah, straight into his hands. Yeah. So something like that. I drop the ball and just give a little. I'd celebrate in front of that player and go have someone at you. I mean, that's a, that's a chance to get into it. Put a bit of pressure on. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. But there you go. Anyway, so Chile had their moment. Uh, Peru might have theirs exactly so as I said it's first one since 1975 obviously Brazil are, will be incredibly strong favourites being at home and the whole lot so and it's a decent side that they have yeah, but there was a great hurts. moment when the lads was telling me on Tuesday where Messi had a free kick and literally put it in the postal stamp right in the top corner but yeah. Alisson was obviously probably in the middle of his at the height of his game apparently instead of doing the big miraculous he took the two or three steps off feet and practically just caught it instead of the big mark. He, he said it was brilliant to look. Yeah. But that goes. And then was asked afterwards, you're probably the best goalkeeper in the world now. Should you be up for the Ballon d'Or? He says, don't be talking nonsense. I'm a goalkeeper. <laughs> so I, I'm only a goalkeeper, he said. So there you go. So. Maybe, maybe there's some maybe it's maybe he's been humble or maybe he's been yeah. mind games. Uh, well, I think that's where the whole is it the is it the the Yashin Award or they they do have a keepers mm. award, so no doubt there will be. But uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. It'll be fun to see uh, Peru there with the little white red sashy type uh, jersey that we all remember. And uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be carnival atmosphere, no doubt. But I will have to plumb for Brazil. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. And then just a very briefly, because I have nothing on it, so before we go to the ad, African Cup of Nations going strong. I think most of the big boys, Salah and Egypt, are true at home. Mm-hmm. I think Mane's side are true. Uh, I think most of the kind of well, bigger known nations are kind of looking comfortable. Um, so, so far, so good, but I haven't seen much of it now, to be honest. I am afraid with the African nations. Yeah. I find it hard. Yeah. It's a bit like Italian football. You'll watch it, but you find it hard to get really, really interested exactly. in it. And the Central American one, the Gold Cup, not Central, the North American one is on now as well. That's right. So if you have an international side, which most of England do, it's going to be interesting. Only the European-based players will be fully fit and at yeah. it for that first game of the season. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. USA, I think, have made the semi-final and I think Mexico are on the other side. No disrespect, but it'll probably be them two in the final as, as per usual. But yeah, so plenty and of... Because it's the 4th of July. I, didn't, I don't think we mentioned it was the 4th of July. Yeah, yeah. The States will probably win it. Yeah. <laughs> USA USA Anyway more coming up after this Tune to Lucky Sound 96.4 FM
And welcome back to the big kickoff on Liffy Sound 96.4. What day is it? Um, I am a real American. It's 4th of July, you know. Oh, <laughs> Frank Lampard. Super Frankie Lampard. Frank yeah. Lampard today was announced. The secret's out. <laughs> manager, but they actually put down head coach. Oh. So, but uh, it's very interesting something that he says in this. But here's a clip of his uh, unveiling. Okay. Do you believe you've got the experience that's needed to carry out this role? Um, I presume that question will come quite early. <laughs> and I would say that um, I thought about it a lot because um, I know that it's an obvious question uh, and I understand it because uh, in one year in professional management and you get the Chelsea job, that doesn't come back around very often. Uh, and I think football is probably littered with stories of inexperienced managers who do really, really well, some spectacularly well and some that don't. Uh, and probably really experienced managers that some do really, really well and some that don't. So I think really I'm not too, I don't want to go before and start saying um, I'm worried about this, I'm worried about that. What I do believe in is that my, in my playing career I played under a lot of managers, uh, fantastic managers, things I learned along the way that I've tried to mould into be, to being myself. Um, so I think that stands me in good stead. I've had one year at Derby where I think I learned a lot in one year. Um, and also, I think I, I know a lot about this club and feel this club and know how it works. So um, I have to prove that. Simple as that. Um, people will question it. Um, I'm, I'm ready for that, completely ready for that. I believe in myself completely. Um, and I want to show that I'm ready to manage this club, whether I have one year experience or 10 year experience. What I think will define me and define my time here will be my work ethic and what I put into it um, to try and bring success. <laughs> it was actually interesting what he said. He says the Chelsea job doesn't come around too often. It actually comes around every second year, <laughs> if not now, every like year. Bus, so, uh, <laughs> except for that, Frank, it's a good answer in all yeah. fairness. I mean, there is managers. I mean, Di Matteo yeah. would be one of them went in and won but the But as I said, off air, Shafiali was a player and he was thrown in straight in at the deep end. So it does happen. Of course it does. Of course it does. He so, can't turn it down. No, and you, obviously you can't. Because, listen, where are you going to go if you lose the, the derby job? Yeah, in two or three months. Where do you months. go? Yeah. But if you lose the Chelsea job, well, you have something else then uh, that will come up yeah. from the Championship or another Premiership team. Uh, I think I actually think he's going to do a decent job. It's going to be a hell of a challenge, though. He's going to give it everything. But That's, there's a lot of good young players at Chelsea. And in fairness to him, he, he did a great job with the younger players that he brought in. And it wasn't just Mason Mount from Chelsea and a few others, like the, your man Wilson, who's a cracking looking player off Liverpool. Like he's brought in, he brought in a couple of good guys. And he said it to me, if you're good enough, I'm going to give you the chance. And he, he's not fired out of the game. He knows the crack. Jody Morris is there as well, who's always been involved in the youth setup over the last few years. Listen, you're, there's no denying whether he's good enough or not is a different story, but he's going to give it everything. He loves Chelsea, and it's obvious he did. And I think he said it. There's a famous interview floating around over the last couple of weeks about that's the job, that's the only job he wants as a manager. So now you've got it, mate. Best of luck. If it works out for you, great. If not, it doesn't. But yeah, he's going to give it everything, yeah. whether it works or not. Transfer the rumour mill continues. West Ham have agreed yeah. a 25 million deal with an unnamed Chinese club. Sky sources from Marko Amelkovic, who had burnt bridges with everyone and they all want them out of the club. <laughs> sources have told Sky Sports again, this is he's asked to move again. Yeah, you've just got it enough, him enough. Get him out of there, get, get the money out of him, get, get some money out of him, and, and send him on his way. Yeah, but that's 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 exactly it. And he's only interested in the money. So yeah. if you're hanging around, then you're, you're not going to benefit from that. So yeah, he's gone.
Anyone else, Dave? Jesus, is there what? Like, there's some definites that are already done. Rodri is now gone to Man City. Joao Felix has finally done his deal. I think 114 million or that whatever. Is a Atletico. Big move, isn't it? For, especially for Atletico Madrid. If it was Barca and Real or whatever, you go, yeah, fair enough. But that's a massive one. So this is a conversation. Obviously, Griezmann's gone then. We had this little conversation before we came on the show about English clubs. And I've heard it from, who was it? Karl Heinz Riedler from yeah. Munich. I think he's, yeah. he's with now. I've heard it from Spanish players and club Figo, that's who said it as well, about English clubs and they have all the money and they're, they're kind of buying trophies in Europe and what have you. Yeah. But it was no different for Real Madrid, Barcelona, mm. the AC Milans of the 90s. Yeah. These all had the money and England are just having their turn with the money. So again... They're just not allowed to be at the top. But if Atletico Madrid are paying 114 million for a player... There's money everywhere. Of course there is. Right. And it's huge. And it's... Listen, best of luck to him. 19. It's probably the best place for him to go instead of going to your Barca's Reals or Man City or whoever it may be. Um, there'll still be spotlight on him. Atletico are a massive club. But they always seem to work out getting a top striker, don't they? Yeah. Over the years. So over the last 20, 25 years, they always spit out some of the better strikers in world football who are now elsewhere, like your Aguero's, Torres, Falcao... Diego Costa and there's many more Griezmann for God's sake Felix could be that next one now Forland there was loads of them so they know their strikers if it's the same skill I'd love to know because if I if it is I, if, I was, if I was a Liverpool I'd be like get him he, yeah. he seems to know a good bloody striker so listen watch this space with him so it'll be very interesting Ander Herrera has finally left Man United to PSG it's a five year deal and probably massive money as well speaking of massive money Rashford signed his contract today this week 200 grand a week Loftus Cheek doubled two two and a half times his wages now so he's on 180,000 I believe Christ. but money is just mad now so they're on a different planet now aren't they yeah and this questions the the heart element of being in a club yeah. like I don't know if you can question Rashford because he's at the club for so long and yeah, he hasn't yeah. left and, and you're, if you're going to play there be a certain pride and you're about. performing you're going to expect money alongside some of the better players so that's fine but it is, yeah. You're wondering, you know, you're getting players in. Are they coming in for the money? Or are they coming in? I and think you have a small window of teams nowadays. Yeah, you have that small one. And even as a Liverpool fan, we have a small window before that team starts. Ego start coming in, and this that, and you know, like it's. I'd say it's harder and harder to keep that hunger. Do you know the way Fergie just did it with ease for twenty odd years? Just hunger, hunger, hunger. It was like. It was like they within a, obviously a day they forgot they won a league and I was like they won it for the first time ever again. It was mm. phenomenal. I'd say it's going to get harder and harder to create that kind of a legacy with a club nowadays, um, because I it, it's just modern society to get bored a lot quicker. Yeah. But the money is phenomenal. Um, speaking of more uh, signings that are done and dusted, Buffon has made his way back to his motherland of Juventus. And in his contract, he has to play ten games so he can beat the Italian appearance record. Well, the Coppa Italia will be sorted. That's exactly what's going to um, Probably maybe a game or two before or after the, 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 the Champions League. So, yeah, he'll be sorted. He'll be grand and he'll get it. And good luck to him. He's, he's been a credit to... And I'm sure he's not going to go there and, and just look for those 10 mm. appearances. He'll put pressure but on... Do you look at them? Like they, that's Ramsey and Rabio. Yeah. All right, with Chan and a few others that are already there. There was heavy rumours today they're willing to uh, get rid of Dybala, Matuidi and A and other just to try and get their hands on Pogba again. And Delitz. That looks, looks like, like it's... I'm amazed. I thought that deal was done. Not, yeah, but it's not certain. And 60-odd, 65 million or no, whatever it is. No, it's 51 million. Why aren't the other Premiership teams or whoever trying business. to get him? Why aren't Liverpool trying to get him on? The there you go, 58.3 million. Unbelievable. And Jose Perez 
something about him I just can't stand him gone to Leicester for 30 million yeah I, now Rodgers normally is okay with players so mm. he must see something about him must see something exactly. about him I have to try and give this a go. Do you know what I say? You say it quick and say it with confidence. Yeah. But the rumours about Kieran Tierney obviously are going to ramp up now that uh, Celtic have signed another left-back from Rapid Vienna. His name, <clears throat> Bolly Bolingoli and Bombo. That sounds right. Yeah. Whether it is or not, I don't care. No, I nearly went to do it again. Don't. I quit while I'm ahead. So he's been signed. So obviously his rumours are really going to ramp up. And I think in Napoli, there's your, your, a couple of European clubs have been rumoured yeah. to be after him as well. So I'd say he'd be the next one. And more than likely, if they can get 25 million or whatever it is from, they'll probably do it to fund bulking up the squad again. You know, So I would be shocked if he is with Celtic at the start of the year. 100%. Yeah. I can't see it happening because he's, and then, it's his time for a move now. So. Absolutely. And just to finish up on my transfer bits, the Irish boys, obviously, Conor Masson has now moved on to QPR on a two-year deal. And it could be... A, 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 Mark Warburton is the yeah. manager there now and in his interview said, listen, Conor's here to try to be part of the... Yeah. To be part of the first team, yeah. and if he performs well enough, he's in. It doesn't matter how young or how Please old God, no, it works out. So... It's up to Connor now to, Absolutely. to push on. But and it is a great chance. One of our up-and-coming stars, and especially the fact that he's a forward, he, it's a necessity. He, he comes good. Adam Eda has joined the senior squad at Norwich and has penned a new deal. That's right. And he's got his squad numbered in the first team, so yeah. that'll be interesting as well. Again. So with a bit of luck, you might see a bit of pre-season out of him and you might get a, an odd League Cup appearance or two. So with a bit of luck, we, you might see him in the a senior setup in the not-too-distant future. Wilf Zaha. Super. To Arsenal. What do you reckon? Arsenal put in a bit of 40 million which is scandalous scandalous in my opinion um, I, there's talk of they want to hold out an 80 I think if you get close to that they'll probably snap the hand off but 40 is a bit too I think it's a bit little I don't think they'll let him go for less than 80 I mean, oh, yeah. if, if they hold the strong happy around, days if Harry Maguire goes for 75 million or something like that Will Zaha has 100 million Man United fans sure. better go bananas about that I don't know. Better go bananas because they were absolutely disgraced by Liverpool spending 70 million on Virgil van Dijk. Well, Virgil, yeah, Harry Maguire is not as good as Virgil <laughs> van Dijk. Harry, Harry Maguire is not even as good as Shane. I Duffy. hope he goes to United for 70, 75 million just so I can say what, what's the problem, lads. I've seen, now, listen, his stats <laughs> last year yeah. are decent. Oh, whatever, do. But, but you're with I'm looking side. at him. I just don't think he's agile or. Mm quick mm. enough and I just think he'll get caught out when it comes to where he is I think is his level but as you said there he's going to get better I think when you go up to your United's Liverpool cities I, I just can't see his face sitting, yeah. sitting right with one of them jerseys no. but I will say in my opinion I've always been a fan of him when he first went up to to United I was nervous I was like this is a perfect player for United and he'll, he'll thrive up there it never happened uh, he was incredible in that run, getting them out of the uh, out of the championship that time. It was single handed almost at the in the championship playoff. And mm. uh, Ian Holloway alluded to it this morning, where they said the simple tactic was just keep giving him the ball. He wouldn't name the player, but they said he'll turn him inside out. And he was phenomenal that night or that day. And uh, yeah, it just didn't happen up there. Looked like it was going to be another stereotypical English player who drifted away, but thankfully he's found his mojo back again with with Palace. I I really like him. Yeah, yeah old no, school player, beat players. Thing is though, the the way he plays, I think Roy Hodgson has his team. They sit back, they leave loads of space for him, mm. and then they counter attack, and he's quick. So if it's a team on the front foot, how how does does that help his game, or does he need yeah. to play that kind of counter attack? And so there is a question. Mm. But there's no question that he's a great finisher. He's, a, he's yeah. got great skill. Beat players, and, uh, which is so rare nowadays. Yeah, 
Yeah, and in around the box, it can be in tight spaces as well. Yeah. Charlton's first pre-season friendly abandoned after the referee was manhandled by two of the opposition players. <laughs> the addicts were taken on Romanian League One side as part of their training oh, camp in Spain. Go for it. Oh, it, actually, it actually doesn't. Oh, yeah. Romanian side, yeah. <laughs> and basically what happened was there was a penalty. Leeds were one that looked at it, got awarded a penalty. Leeds or Charlton? Oh, sorry, um, Charlton. Right. Uh, Lee Bowyer I was thinking of ah. there and the players didn't like it two of them manhandled the referee sent off and then the Romanian side pulled their team off the right, pitch game abandoned but Charlton in the spirit of things got their own goalkeeper in the goal and took the penalty and they scored it <laughs> <laughs> had it open had it open social media and actually just to finish uh, on that um, to, to go back a little bit to Frankie Lampard's first game for Chelsea will obviously be next Wednesday in Dalyman Park Yes. Which I presume is long sold out because well, it's only just it, shy of 3,000. If it's not, it is now. Yeah, and obviously then he's there on Saturday in Richmond Park. So I think they'll be probably here from the weekend coming. And I'm guessing Carton House if they're coming out for a week-long training camp. So if you're a big Chelsea fan, get out there and you might be able to see Super Frankie Lampard. And they're playing St. Pat's? Pat's on the Saturday. Pat's on the Saturday. And Pat's have a... Actually, the all, all the Irish teams have the European games on the Thursday. Isn't that correct? They're kicking off. I thought there was some actually kicking off tonight and I was hoping, no, you'd, that I was, was hoping you'd talk a bit longer. I think it's some of the first round <laughs> all games. All the preliminary, preliminary, yeah. behind the preliminary ones. Right. So, oh God, yeah, no, I had, had something there, but I can't think what it is. Anyhow, listen, I'll go over to tennis, all right, while you're having a little look there. Ireland's over 85's tennis world champion <laughs> <laughs> yeah what's his got, name give it to me no, her name uh, June Ann Fitzpatrick she has been playing since 1951 I didn't know wow. there was an over 85 section so you're saying there's a chance for us I'm saying that we still don't have a chance. Ah, we have to. No, sure, you have to be able to get around. But yeah, now she's continuing on. And uh, I'm going to have a look into this now and see what way it goes. But there is an over 85 <laughs> championship in Wimbledon. There you go. Yeah, just to go back, just to clear up in case anyone's really interested, it is a preliminary round tonight. It's the second legs of the Europa League. So there's six fixtures. And obviously these guys are going to end up in the first round proper. So you're talking here, like there's a team here called Cardiff Met University. Mm. And Barry Town who are uh, Clifton Bill have beaten them 4-0 tonight and 4-0 on aggregate uh, Cardiff Met University are actually have won 2-1 against FC Progress Niederkorn now I think they're from Luxembourg I think they played somebody last year uh, Balamini United let me have a quick look uh, won 2-0 on aggregate so two of the two Northern Irish teams are true and so is one of the Welsh sides and obviously there's other names there that I am definitely not giving a go and yeah, who cares? So yeah, next next week, first round proper of the Europa League qualifications, bows and a few others. I think there's one or two are coming in the second one. Yeah. And obviously Dundalk. So we'll see how then go. And uh, Wraith Rovers won in a friendly against Hamilton Academical 3-2, just in case you're interested. Any Wraith Rovers fans out there? Yeah. Well, this week, the Dubai Duty Free Irish Open down in yes. the Hinch. It looks started fantastic. today. It looks amazing, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. That, that's, that's another bucket list place. Yeah. We talked about Glastonbury, but this is a bucket list looks place. You love to play down here. And? And, surprise, surprise, Porrick Harrington sticks in a seven under par round. I've seen him coming up the 18th. 63. i seen him coming up the 18th, stuck his drive down the middle. It's a par five, so it's a doable eagle slash birdie. So he was on six under. Second shot, pulled it into the bunker, and it's there wasn't much to play with. 
with the green and he stitched it within two or three feet yeah. and got the birdie to go seven under and give himself a, a one shot um, advantage over as Xander Lombard I, um, unfortunately the way I came in they were all starting to finish off so that's yeah. all I've seen hopefully we'll see plenty over the weekend but give us a quick round up of the Irish boys yeah well Xander Lombard is obviously second yeah. six under there's a few there thereabouts he's not way out and front. They're, seven, they're seven and five under yeah. so there is a good pack in behind yeah. them so the scoring was uh, it, it was, there was good scoring out there but Shane Lowry is on four under Super. par 66 from uh, Shane which actually look, at one stage it looked like he was going to go in uh, leading but uh, yeah. just didn't uh, kick on you have a lot of big names there Tommy Fleetwood John Ram yeah yeah there's know, plenty these, around these are all, and they're all good see it's the start of the link swing as well yeah. so you can play three Weekends of Lynx golf here and really get well two, Scottish two Open. before Scottish Open is usually on the links as well so you've got them two in good preparation before the British Open which is obviously up north this year in um, Portrush so yeah it's you're going to see some good golf the conditions were perfect for them today lovely and sunny yeah. but barely a breath of wind so that's seven under it's not an easy course if that wind gets up they the boys will struggle. Yeah, yeah. So it is definitely very much up against the elements. If the elements kick up, you're going to see some interesting golf and testing golf. But a great day. And hopefully, Harrington talks himself up about he struggles about trying to get into contention. But now that he is, let's see if he's yeah, got it. He can can he go Thursday to, to Sunday is a different story. People not out of contention. Although, once you're probably over par, you might be struggling. But Robin Dawson, uh, Irish lad, two yeah. under. And we have uh, Paul oh McBride, who is on level par with Seamus Power as James well, Power. and Brian Casey. So anything under the level par, you're going to have to shoot some good rounds there to, to get yourself around. But yeah, there's Paul done one over par. So, but it, it, it is something that, you know, it, it gives that extra little bit. If there's an Irish person up there for the, for the Irish Open, it just gives that extra little bit of interest. So, uh, Especially yeah. with a, technically a home British Open coming up in two weeks. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be great to see. Anyway, uh, do you watch Love Island? No. Neither does Ian Holloway. Allegedly. But he knows a hell of a lot about it. This is just a little snippet. We won't go into too much detail, but anyone who's listening obviously knows who your Michaels and Ambers and Curtis is. This fella allegedly, allegedly throws darts, but he, kn- he knows his fair bit about it. But this is the legend that is Ian Holloway having his little say about the shenanigans from last night where couples were split up and then recoupled and dumped and went with others. Anyway, take it away, Ian. Why are you not? Don't even Back up, get me started on Love Island. <laughs> no, let's do it. No, don't. Have you been watching? I've been playing darts while my daughter and my wife watch it. It's, oh, do you know what? The fireman, I'd kill him, you know? Why didn't you just... Richie, see, Michael, I, I'm on Michael's side. No, why? Because I think, you know what, oh, don't, it's a we game. We can't start talking about it. It's, it's not a game. game. You, it's, it's... You've got to be true to your word. How can he say to her, you you know, and well, then realise, because he met someone else who said she likes him, you know, who said she likes him. Uh, oh, don't go there, you know? You, mm. you can't say that I to think... Amber and then just come back. And did you see Amber the other day when he just, uh, uh, I mean, come on. That's think, not right. You yeah, don't no. do that. i got daughters. Don't do not do that. I wouldn't let anyone treat you like that. Oh, I wouldn't. No, you're absolutely right. Anyway, what, what about, about a dancer? Curtis? What about yeah, I'll, get, I'll tell you now, what. Now, that's, that's the one that's got... He got custard pied, and I mean, it was I, hilarious. It was Take that. Like, Amy, by the way, I, I, what's she going to do now? I mean, they'll, put, they'll bring in new people, I'm, I'm sure. They won't lose either of them. But if I were her, I mean, you can't go back. You the, can't. Listen, Moira dealt with it brilliantly. That I could have killed her. I love her. She's I, my favourite. Honestly, you know. She's my favourite. That was the worst thing I've ever, ever said about anybody. <laughs> 
Let's see if she's just all made. I mean, come on. Dreadful, isn't it? Well, who was that? Who said that? Was it Tom? It was, it was yeah, and now he's gone. So, See, yeah. I'm playing darts trying to not watch. And this you is love my it, problem. don't you? No, I don't love it. It annoys me. Like <laughs> in the jungle, right? That annoys me because I would just say, hang on, don't talk about someone who's over there. <laughs> right? You can't do it. You cannot do that. And why do we do this in life? What you do is you get two people together. you got something to say about one of them. Just tell them. Yeah. And I give them a chance, do. right? And then they know where they stand with you. Where has that gone in our lives? Wouldn't Love Island be brilliant if Ian Holloway entered? If that Love was Island, if that I was can't. Next, just to <laughs> sort them out, bash their heads together, tell them how to treat each other. <laughs> People aren't enjoying the fact that we're talking about Love Island. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> there you go. Too much talk about Love Island there. But uh, he's, he's brilliant. But he doesn't watch it. No, it doesn't matter. No. And I've been watching it, I'm not going to lie, that Tom lad was barely in it a wet weekend and he still remembered his name. He's gone about two weeks and he's like, uh, what's that, like, Tom? And I was like, Jesus, Ian. But you're still thrown out. So he must be terrible out there. Has that in record in the box. <laughs> he probably watches the next morning yeah. on the slide. But uh, yeah, that, but that was interesting. He said, I wouldn't, if I was in the jungle and blah, blah, blah. I was like, uh, are you touting for a job there, Ian? <laughs> he, 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 a bit like a lot of the footballers are the gifts that keep on giving in the last couple of seasons and stuff like that. He be a legend oh, I'll be brilliant like yeah. Harry you knew straight away he was going to be good crack uh, once you knew he was willing to do the eating because he always went on and on and on about being a fussy eater but once he did that you knew he was pretty much going to be a favourite uh, Holloway uh, uh, he's a character so I mean, straight away you know what you're going to get yeah. off him you know? and he's brilliant and he was very good about uh, Saha earlier on about he wanted him to go up to United because he knew Fergie would look after him but he told one or two stories about the shark that was looking after him at the time, the agent, and sent him off to yeah. do a boot deal when he was supposed to have a day off because he was just trying to cream the last few quid out of him. So if you want to just check it out on TalkSport there with Ian Holloway this morning, it was, it's some very interesting stuff. Worth a listen. Worth a listen. Um, coming up this weekend, you've got the golf, which is fairly obvious, women's World Cup final, Copa America. Um, but uh, credit to <laughs> Wexford, purely because Tony's living down there now and he sent a picture of Gordy all jammered. That's brilliant. No, yeah. it was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. super. It's great to see them. 18 years to, or something like that. Yeah, it's good to see Even like we talked about uh, Dublin the, a couple of weeks ago beating Galway. Where, yeah. Now, it's good to see things being chop, chop, a bit of chopping and changing. A bit and, of changes and, and, from the norm. Yeah, you don't need the same thing, teams winning all the time. So, yeah, a little bit of something going on in the guy. Anyway, for, for me, it's time to get out of the sweat box. Be good. Have a good weekend, Mr. Shannon. So long. Take it easy.